You're listening to Work Tape, episode 41. Welcome to the Work Tape podcast. We are in the studio again with Jeff Hall. Hello. He is still here. We're going to be back for some Jeff sessions, you know? We're doing Jeff sessions, and I think they're going to be kind of short because whenever I have you, it's always quick. Yeah. They tend to be uh, straight to the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the Jeff sesh. <laughs> right, we're talking about the cure. We're going to discuss the cure. All right, good, go. <laughs> right, well, today it's going to be the jazz rock, and we'll segue into yes. whatever after that because that's the way we usually do it. Go touch base on some fusion stuff. Fusion's great. But before the fusion, we're going to be reeling in the years. Oh, yeah. So that section in reeling in the years is very similar to the boys are back in town. Hmm. I know the Steely Dan one is basically a lot of the minor seven chords and like has some chromaticism in there too. You mean like the walk down type stuff? Yes. And then kind of where like a, it'll be like a major seven and then a minor seven? Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, it was cool when uh, in the 70s, or I think in the 60s too, a lot of uh, artists started incorporating more of the extended chords instead of just your traditional vanilla major and minor triads. They actually incorporated some sevens and thirteenths and like kind of jazzed it up a little bit, which made it more interesting. And then Steely Dan took it to a new level and uh, did basically like jazz rock guitar, I'd want to say. Like uh, even with Ricky Don't Lose That Number, that's got a pretty jazzy uh, beat to it and stuff. It's got some pretty schwanky chords. That was the 70s for sure. The 60s was all of the, uh, well, 60s and 70s shared that psychedelia. Yeah, 60s is where it, I say it touched Folky? bass when they, yeah, they they were like, oh, we can add a major seven to this chord and now it is <laughs> a beautiful chord. And then it kind of took off from there with more like chord substitutions and like nonsense like that where they borrow chords and started working outside of the keys. And it started with the British Invasion too. The Beatles did it all the time. Like not necessarily with major seven chords, but with like the borrowing of chords and making up different progressions. Yeah, I think the Beatles were definitely at the forefront of that. I mean, you had the classic boy band Beatles where they were... Mop top era. Yeah, mop top era. I want to hold your hand. (laughs) Then they kind of went into the more folk psychedelia that's uh, my mom likes the mop top era a lot. I'm sure she does. She's, <laughs> she seems like a very traditional woman. Yeah. It's weird because I like the sound of the psychedelia, but the tradition of the mop top. Yeah. It's, it's nice when they have a good fusion of the two, like where it's not too, like, whoa, what were they on? What were they doing? And then it's also not too boring, like bubblegum pop. It's a good mix. And I'd say that was with the White album. In my opinion, that's probably the best one. Oh, you like uh, My Guitar? You like that one? Oh, yes, yes. Harrison. That's a great song. Yeah, that one's pretty good. It, it's kind of interesting that um, in the 70s, a lot of bands, they would use the major seven to get back on the major seven chord. Like uh, Chicago. What is that song? Um, Color My World? Oh, Color My World. Is that the... Built entirely on major sevens. It's one, three, five, seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then repeat. It's a. It's just an ar- a repeated arpeggio, up and down, up and down. Yeah, 
that's kind of cool how they were starting to mess around with those kind of chords and a lot of pop music today too which is cool the, the major seven doesn't get enough uh enough love i think there are some people who have been utilizing it while many people have kind of fallen out of that but uh i think that was the best part of the 70s yeah because they really like even america like a uh, venture highway that's built on a major seven. Oh yeah <laughs> that one's great <laughs> I would love to get more in depth with that one because I know we always go back to that. It's so good. Oh, it's a classic. It's one of the best ones. I'd say the '60s were was when they uh, they kind of branched off into more uh, jazzy chords. Sorry to keep going back to jazz chords, but they're pretty interesting to talk about. Well, that's kind of what this is about, so it's okay. And Thin Lizzy, um, I remember hearing uh, "Roll Me Over, Cowboy" or something like that. I'd say it was more like rock, jazz, jazz rock. Is that what it would be? I guess. So there are different iterations of it. There were the prog rock ones, and then there were the ones like doing pop songs like America. Yeah. The prog rock was more like Rush and that kind of stuff, right? Like, Yeah, but Rush… No, actually Rush got pretty jazzy. But they also… The modal stuff, more pentatonic type stuff. They they're pretty. Uh, yeah. They actually surprisingly did a lot of vanilla scales. <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of classic rocky stuff, pentatonics, and mm-hmm. yeah. But um, Alex Lifeson, he he does some pretty gnarly solos. He he shreds. He does a lot of uh, interesting note combinations. Dude, Alex is the ideal guitarist. He's humble and he's good. Yeah, all of Rush's. They're like a. Uh, they're Canadian. <laughs> they're Canadian. That's why. Right. They're humble and they're, they're sorry. They're so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, was that solo a little bit much? <laughs> they're the ultimate geek rock, but it's so good. They are. Yeah, they're it's nerds. so good. <laughs> they're a bunch of dorks. You know, they have a, a one up on everyone in society. At least they put their skills to good use, you know? Exactly. They made some. I love Rush. Yeah, it's a shame to hear about the Neil Peart passed uh, this this year, right? Or last year? I think it was last year. Yeah. It was either last year or 2020. We're losing all of our drummers, man. You told me that, um, what's his name from… Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one for me. That one's really yeah. hard. I, I keep seeing things about him and I can't… Ugh, it just sucks, man. I hate it, dude. Hmm. Yeah, it's rough. I remember when uh, Lou Reed passed, I, I was uh, a little heartbroken. Uh, on the way home from work on the radio, like, Lou Reed passed away. And I was like, ah. Oh. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, Iggy Pop is somehow still alive. And <laughs> and he's Keith probably Richards. done more drugs than any of the… Him and Keith Richards. I don't know how yeah. they're still alive. <laughs> he's like a walking skeleton <laughs> with a guitar. Yeah, he does not want to be our dog. <laughs> 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 Can I come over tonight? I want you here. Here. <laughs> In my room. I want you here. <laughs> now I want to be your dog. I, it never gets old, dude. <laughs> it's also one of the coolest openers to a rock song. Yeah, it's, it it's always reminds me of Vietnam for some reason. It's like... You call that Viet Tone? <laughs> yeah. So messed up. I want you here. Passenger's great too. That is, yeah. It um 
I didn't like it at first, to be honest, because it was uh, played a lot in commercials. And I was like, dang, this song is, ugh, I'm kind of sick of it. But it is a really good song. Yeah, no, that one's great. That's a great album. <laughs> it is a great album. Wow. See, it's funny because I know we're totally getting to the alternative era. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking 70s and I'm immediately going to like Iggy Pop and like Bowie. No, those guys are not even jazzy at all. Like Iggy is, it's just, it's totally different. Iggy's more like punk, punk, uh, garage rock, <laughs> straight up rock. They are straight up rock. Well, reeling it back to America. Yeah, let's get back with America. How are you, America? America was a good standpoint that you had made. So basically, yeah, you had the ones that were kind of infusing jazz into prog rock like Chicago. Because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're a prog rock band. Yeah, the early stuff. The Or Yes. Yes, yes. Yep. But then with America, it's not prog rock, but it's like your simple pop rock format, but it's definitely jazz infused. I always wanted to consider them like folk jazz. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like Joni Mitchell? Yeah, like a folk music with a touch of jazz in it. That's, I mean, that stuff's good. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And Joni Mitchell, when her, her uh, voicings for her chords, because of her open tuning, she gets some really, really interesting voicings that you can't get any other way than tuning in a different way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, she was a top-notch artist. I don't know if she's still around. Uh, she's still alive. I don't know if she's still producing music, but okay, I, I'm sure she's still alive. Well, I hope she never leaves. She uh, actually, she had some problems with her voice because of smoking. Mm. All your smokers out there, myself included, but she was <laughs> um, having some issues with her singing because of her years, her early years of smoking. But I don't know if she's gotten over it or she's just learned to deal with the raspiness in her voice. Well, that's where Christina comes in to help all of you vocalists out there to keep your voice. Don't smoke. <laughs> but if you do, I don't know how to help you out there. Yeah, it's, yeah. So let's wrap it up for this one because, again, you're always here for a short amount of time. And the next one, let's talk about songwriting because you were kind of getting in that area. Yeah, I like discussing. I know music theory is, anyway, you put theory behind anything and it's going to be a snooze fest. But music theory is... You can make it fun. We'll make it interesting. Dude, we're going to get into it. And all of the bands that we talked about, we're going to have to give them a proper amount of depth. It's cool to apply the music theory to like songs you like and be able to like dissect it and analyze it and see what the theory is behind the song that makes it sound this way or sound cool to you. It's kind of cool to use theory for that reason. Well, then it's settled. You're going to teach us how to write a song. So, All right. Prepare to be uh, snoozed. <laughs> Nah, dude, you're you're actually a really good songwriter. Thank you, dude. Always, always. So are you. So are you. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about you first. Uh, <laughs> um, but that wraps up today's episode, episode forty-one. We'll be back with episode forty-two. Peace. <laughs>